Hello and welcome to the Be Elevated podcast. My name is John Spechtenhauser, and for those who want to join me in bettering ourselves, this is the place for you. I recently started a journey to get more out of my everyday life, and I would like to let you in on everything I am reading, learning, and experiencing on my journey to elevate my everyday life. Thank you for joining me on the first ever episode of the Be Elevated podcast. So, like I said in my intro, my name is John Spechtenhauser, and uh, this new year I recently decided that I want to figure out what I can do to kind of make myself more productive during the day. Um, I'm usually sitting in front of the TV after I get home from work, not doing anything productive. I wasn't really doing any schoolwork at all, wasn't reading any books, wasn't doing anything to really improve my life at all. So uh, I want to take you on my journey that I started this New Year's, and uh, one of my goals that I was doing was to read two books a month. And so far, I have far exceeded that. I have just finished my 16th book today called The Intelligent Investor. Uh, Throughout this podcast journey, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is what I've learned in these books that I'm reading. And I mean, I'm going to be talking about um, anything from, you know, finances that I've learned about, uh, which I've learned an extensive amount of stuff on finances, which I'm going to review some of those books and talk about them. Um, There's a lot of good information in there. Uh, I mean, even talk about things like sleep deprivation, stuff that I'm learning on that, stuff about meditation, uh, stuff about great leadership skills that I've learned. And also I want to talk about... um, Something simple as, uh, you know, even meditation, uh, stuff like that. So I think I might have said that actually. Sorry if I just repeated myself. But uh, yeah, so basically uh, it's just about turning off the social media, turning off the TV, and immersing yourself into a little bit of knowledge that's put out there. And uh, you're only making yourself better by reading these books. And that's one thing that I've definitely learned on this journey. So far, I've read 16 books. Like I've said, I probably have never read 16 books in my entire life, if I'm being completely honest with you, before this year. So uh, it's a pretty big step for me. And I'm excited to take you guys along with this journey. I've learned so much. Um, So I guess the first thing we'll do is we'll just go ahead and jump right into the book, The Intelligent Investor. Uh, This book uh, is quoted by Warren Buffett and is by far the best book on investing ever written. And after reading this book, I'm going to have to agree. The only issue with it I have is that it's pretty dry and it's a very wordy book. This book was written by Benjamin Graham in 1949. Um, So if that tells you anything, it dates it back quite a bit. Uh, But, you know, Warren Buffett read this book, and uh, this is pretty much the principles that he's followed and has made him the third richest person in the world, basically investing in stocks and good businesses and stuff like that. So the information inside of this book is solid, and uh, Warren Buffett stands by it. He actually even writes the uh, preface for the book, if you guys ever get a chance to um, read it, which I definitely recommend it. Uh, let's see, I have the book right in front of me here. How many pages is this thing? I just read it. I don't even remember. Um, before you reach the, uh, you know, 
the postscript of the book it is uh, 531 pages long. Uh, this book consists of writings from Benjamin Graham, and also um, after each chapter it has commentary um, by uh, Jason Zwig, I think his name is. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, um, but we're going to go with that. Um, and honestly, the commentary is a lot easier to read in this book than the uh, actual original uh, text. Uh, like I said, the original text is very wordy, and uh, sometimes it gets a little confusing. And uh, this is obviously, um, not obviously, I'm sorry, honestly, the most interesting book I have ever read on investing. Uh, but it is also the most dry book that I've ever read. So it was really hard to get through. I actually read uh, two books in between um, starting and finishing this book because I had to just set it down and take a break. But. Over these last two days, I pushed through the last 250 pages or so just to get it done. Say so, yeah, I've read it, and I've I actually have a lot of stickies, uh, sticky notes in this book that I posted on the, for a lot of good information in here. Uh, the issue um, that I have with this book is because there is so much information in this book, so I'm definitely going to have to reread it. I didn't get it all on the first go, and I don't think many people will. I wasn't sitting down taking notes and looking back on it now. I wish I would have done more than just put little sticky notes in here. I would have actually, you know, um, I put the sticky notes in this book to uh, mark what I thought was important. Uh, but I wish I would have actually written in the uh, in the book actually and took notes on uh, the interesting things in here so I can expand on them a little more. But I'll know that in the future. Um, like I said, this book was pretty dry, so just you know, starting it and finishing it was a, a, a feat for me. Uh, but like I said, there was a lot of good information in here. Um, so basically, uh, one of the things that the intelligent investor talks about is obviously uh, stocks and bonds. I'm not going to touch too much on the bonds because even after reading this book, I don't fully understand them and I probably wouldn't invest in any of them. Um, but the intelligent investor does talk about uh, stocks and we're going to talk about index funds. Uh, what the index funds do because they really talk a lot about these index funds and in this book it uh, actually talks about why index funds are important and why you should choose them over uh, single stocks um, and basically the reason why they say that is because you, even if you do all of your research uh, it, and you know you could pick the best stocks out there uh, we're talking about being a defensive investor uh, being a conservative investor in this book and making the smart choices so you're going to want to diversify your investments and that's why being uh, investing in index funds and mutual funds and stuff like that is what they say in this book is the best way to go now granted if you would have probably invested in Microsoft and Apple and stuff like that when they first came out uh, you would make you know millions of dollars uh, by now but you know not many people really did that uh, most people like to sell based off of emotion, and whenever the dot-com crash happened in the early 2000s, most people probably sold off all of their stock in the tech business, such as Microsoft and Apple. So, in a lot in this book, uh, it talks about also don't let your emotions uh, be involved in anything that you do. Because uh, whenever the stock market does go down, it is really easy to get scared. 
and then all of a sudden you're just going to sell off all the things that you have and one of the things that make you an intelligent investor is that you don't uh, play the stock market on emotions you don't invest based off of emotions you invest based off of facts and good analysis of your stock and whenever the stock market crashes people have the tendency to sell the stock at the lowest point or as it's going down and that's opposite of what we're always told we're always told to buy low and sell high uh, but whenever people keep buying and buying and buying uh, and the prices of the stocks get too high and then all of a sudden the market crashes and then people sell when it's at its low point so you're just losing money and that as an intelligent investor that's what it kind of talks about not doing um, and, and you know there's a lot more involved in that in here um, but we're not going to so much touch on that today, but that is one of the important things that you need to get out of that. Um, so here I'm going to go ahead and just uh, uh, talk a little bit about the, the commentary from chapter 11 because this is whenever I really started taking notes and really starting to get the good information. It was more down to the point, the stuff that I wanted to learn about when I started reading this book. This book has a lot of of uh, statistical data all the way from you know it even goes into the 1800s all the way up until I believe the 2002 I think is uh, the last dated in here um, whenever it goes through to statistics so I mean it goes over at least a good two three four generations um, in the stock market here um, so but one of the things that I really wanted to learn about was um, you know, how can you tell what a good stock is? What are some of the things that you need to look for? Um, and and uh, in chapter 11, under the, um, what is this, the subheading, uh, putting a price on the future, some of the things that it says you need to look out for is the company's general long-term prospects, uh, the quality of its management, its uh, financial strength and capital structure, its dividend record, and its current uh, dividend rate. So these are some things that you want to look out for uh, whenever you're investing in stocks. Um, let's see here what else. Let's see if it ex expands on that anymore. If I wrote it in here at all, I'm sorry. I'm kind of doing this on the fly. Uh, my son is currently being occupied watching a video of cars right now. So this is about the only time that I have to do this. Um, Let's see here. Oh, yes. So it says um, if you want to look at these factors in, uh, in light in today's market, uh, the long-term prospects, nowadays the intelligent investor should begin by downloading at least five years' worth of annual reports, which is going to be your Form 10-K. Um, and you can do that from www.sec.gov. Okay, um, then comb through the financial statements, gathering evidence uh, to help answer two overriding questions. And these are the two questions that you're going to want to answer when you're looking through those uh, financial reports. Okay, uh, you're going to want to ask yourself, uh, where did it go? What makes this company grow and where do and where will its profits come from? So these are just things that you want to look for. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Like I said, I'm just kind of coming through this book here, so I apologize. Okay. 
another thing that says you want to look at is the form four. Okay, so you, a form four is uh, basically documentation uh, to see what the senior executives and directors, if they're buying or selling shares of the company. Um, there can be legitimate reasons for an insider to sell diversification, a bigger house, a divorce settlement, a big repeated, uh, but repeated big sales are bright red flag. A manager can't legitimately be your partner if you keep selling while you're buying. Okay, so basically you want to make sure that the uh, senior executives aren't doing a lot of selling uh, of the stock. You want to see that they're buying and holding on to it. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Um, so dividend stocks, this is what, what did I mark here? Uh, let me just read this here. Uh, the burden of proof is on a company that shows that you are better off if it does not pay a dividend. If a firm has consistently outperformed the com competition in good markets and bad, the managers are clearly putting the cash to optimal use. If, however, business is faltering or the stock is underperforming its rivals, then the managers and directors are misusing the cash by refusing to pay dividends. So basically, it goes in to say that whenever you, um, you, your company, whatever you're investing in, or whatever you're potentially going to invest in, uh, any extra cash that they have laying around, if they're not putting it in back into the business and uh, making a profit out of that, then they really need to be given uh, their shareholders dividends, because it talks a lot about here how, uh, you know. <laughs> If they give you money for the dividends, you can probably have better use of that money than the company does. So they're not sitting or throwing away money, uh, and useless cash is not just sitting around. It could be used useful. So if the company is not doing anything productive with their extra cash, it's probably not a good company to invest in. Uh, I understand a lot of this stuff is pretty dry. Like I said, this book was pretty dry, but it really just talked about a lot of things that I wanted to know. Um, which is a lot in here, but I'm just going over some of the, the small points here. Um, let's see here. I think there's one more thing in here. Um, well, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it right now. I don't want to talk too much on a lot of this stuff. I don't want to bore you guys. I'm really sorry. Oh, yes, one more thing. So um, here are some things that you want to look for. Um, well, we actually pretty much talked about this already. So adequate size of the enterprise. You want to look for a sufficient, strong financial condition. You want to search for earnings stability, uh, dividend record, earnings growth, uh, moderate price to earnings ratio, and then uh, market ratio of price of assets. And there's a bunch of stuff that it goes into here about that stuff. It expands on it a little bit more, but I highly recommend you get this book. Um, Warren Buffett, like I said, uh, he is quoted saying, by far the best book on investing ever written. I couldn't agree more. There's a few books that I have read uh, about investing and, you know, just different things. And this by far gives the best information. And it is by no means outdated. It was written originally in 1949, but I promise you the information is just as relevant today as it was back in 1949. Um, but just remember, uh, if you are investing, you know, don't pull out of the market 
Don't don't invest on emotion. Just because people are buying a hot stock, that's a red flag for you to not buy. Okay, don't jump on the bandwagon. Do your homework. Um, you know, stocks get, prices get too high. Uh, really do the research and see if the the company can justify having a high stock price. Um. Anyway, that's about it about that. But that's just one of the things that I'm learning about right now. Uh, I'm going to start another book here in a little bit. Uh, probably start it tomorrow. And uh, not really sure. I have a few of them in line right now. So I'm not exactly sure which one I'm going to read yet. But I'll definitely be sure to have better notes on that book whenever I'm finished reading it. And also uh, <laughs> be able to explain it a lot better. And maybe it'll be a little bit more interesting than uh, The Intelligent Investor. Uh, like I said, this book is pretty interesting. I highly recommend you read it. But just be prepared. It is very dry. So it may take you a while to get through it. Uh, and honestly, if I do have one, I read this entire thing from front to back. Okay, and honestly, if you just want the straight down to the point what each chapter is about, just read the commentary. Uh, the commentary is after each chapter. Um, it's not overworded. It's straight down to the point, and uh, I promise you, you'll be able to understand it a lot better. Um, anyway, so that's that for The Intelligent Investor. So uh, the Elevated Podcast is basically uh, me just basically elevating my everyday life, trying to be a lot more productive. And reading books is definitely one of the things that I have found that has made my life a lot more productive. Uh, I've, like I said, read 16 books this year, and I actually want to uh, review some of these books uh, here in the future that I've already read. I think you guys will like a lot of them. There's a few that I've read from uh, Chris Hogan, talks about retiring and everyday millionaires. Those those are some of the financial books that I love, and I think a lot of people would find those interesting. They're not dry by any means. There's actually a lot of humor in there and some good statistics, and I definitely recommend those books. We'll talk about that. I've read several books from John C. Maxwell. He is the doctor of leadership, as they say. Pretty much anything there is about leadership, you should learn from him. Uh, he gives conferences. He's written over a hundred books. I've read probably six or seven of his books, if that, um, total. And uh, I'm going to review some of those too and talk about those because those are very important and very good books. And I really think that everybody should uh, know a little bit about leadership. And it kind of helps you uh, learn how to get ahead uh, in everyday life, not just about leadership, but even in the current work position that you're in, how to get ahead. Uh, I've read some books from Grant Cardone. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Grant Cardone is, he is a multifamily real estate investor, and he has over $1.2 billion in real estate. He is not worth $1.2 billion. Do not get that mixed up. He just has $1.2 billion worth of real estate in his portfolio. He's probably worth closer to about uh, $4 million, which still is nothing to laugh about, obviously. Um, he's definitely the 1%. So that's pretty much it. Uh, and uh, in the future, I will go ahead and definitely keep you guys informed on what I'm learning stuff. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, please let me know. Uh, I'd be more than happy to, you know, start a discussion with you guys about some of the stuff that I'm learning. And maybe you're learning it too. And maybe you just want to kind of help me understand a little bit better. Maybe I can help you understand a little bit better on some of the things that I'm learning. 
uh, along the way. Anyway, thank you guys for joining me on this episode of uh, the Be Elevated podcast, and I hope you guys took a little bit uh, out of this podcast. I know that uh, this was my first one. This was a little bit dry, uh, but I promise you there will be better content coming. I just really wanted to get this out to you guys because this book is a very good book, and I feel like you guys need to read it um, and apply it to your lives and your investing lives if you do so. Okay, thank you. And have a wonderful Father's Day weekend. I will be enjoying my weekend with my son. He is nuts. I'm not really sure what we're going to do. We'll probably go to the park or something. Actually, uh, here in Jacksonville, it's supposed to be pretty nice. So I think we might go to the pool, actually. My son is just turned two, and he loves to swim in the pool. And I love taking him to the pool. So that's pretty exciting. Anyway, have a great weekend, guys. Be elevated. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Be Elevated podcast. Like I said, the reason why uh, this podcast is called Be Elevated is because we're trying to make the best use of our time. Turning off the TV, turning off the social media, doing things that are productive. So I want you guys to join me on my next podcast. I'm going to be talking about Chris Hogan's Everyday Millionaire's book. It is a wonderful book. And it is all about uh, how people became millionaires uh, by just, just ordinary people. How they became millionaires and how you can too. I look forward to seeing you guys. I guess I won't be seeing you. But look forward to hopefully hearing from you guys some of the comments that you may have from this week's podcast and maybe next week's podcast. I hope to get a conversation started. Be good. Be elevated.